Okay, good morning. Um, I'm going to redo this again, so I know this is important because the recording did not record. And I want to share about, um, I want, my spirit is like all over the place this morning. I'm like, my gosh. And I've been in meditation. I've been on Facebook and praying for the American citizens. And it so happened on my feed. I have where, you know, now they want to protest Nike because Nike didn't sign uh, Kaepernickel for the Nike commercial. And you know what? It's just like they say Hosanna for Jesus one day and then they're ready to crucify him. I want us to be very careful on our platform that we don't get caught up into this trend of fickleness. All right, I know everybody have their own beliefs, but I want to challenge each and every one of us. I want to challenge you to go back and research the matter before you comment on it. Research the real issue. Research why Kaepernick is taking a a a, a knee. It's nothing to do with the flag. Matter of fact, he was sitting down in Bayou. Um, I'm going to let you hear the conversation and then I'm going to come back and read the text that they're showing with the pictures. All right. And then they have him coming back speaking and then they're going to show pictures. But when they show the pictures, they're going to have type, um, going, um, fading in the presentation and then they'll have him coming back and speak. So I'm going to read out. In between what he's saying. So you guys can get the whole flow. So that's what I'm saying. He went had a conversation with Kappa Nickel to find out. What's going on. How can I be a help? Alright. So many American citizens want to feel like they're doing this big old thing. Where we're going to burn the jersey now we're gonna burn our nikes i'm not burning my nikes i like nikes and i'm gonna give me some more because i just bought some two months ago and it was very comfortable duh you know that's my money i'm burning up i mean you can't you kind of you see the logic what that's that's just retort so i want you to um listen to this I follow the man that would burn an American flag right in front of my face. Do I like it? No. It still hurts me every time I see it, but those are still freedoms I fought for. The former Army Green Beret convinced Colin Kaepernick to take a knee. Now, Nate Bayou put... Oh, it's going too fast. It's going too fast. Let me go back. It's going too fast. Now, Nate Bayou wants people to know that protest is patriotic. What I heard the most was, you know, hearing from, from men that I served with, you know, guys, a, a fellow Green Berets. I had one that straight up said that you're a disgrace to the Green Berets. Stop speaking for us. And like that, you know, that really hurt. Bayou is a former professional football player and fought in Iraq and Afghanistan. He met Kaepernick 
when the former 49ers quarterback was sitting during the national anthem in protest of police brutality. For me, and I think a lot of people that serve their country and you know fought for what that that flag and the anthem are supposed to represent, uh, it was pretty hurtful to see that because we didn't understand, I guess, where it was coming from. And so we met the next day down in San Diego and just talked, you know, talked about our own experiences, talked about why he's doing what he was doing. And by the end of the conversation, it was this point where he was like, I mean, do you, do you have any other suggestions or do you think there's another way I can do what I'm doing and still raise this awareness um, without hurting people like you? And uh, that's when this conversation of kneeling besides sitting came about. Now, since then, hundreds of NFL players have taken the knee despite heavy criticism. Wouldn't you love to see one of these NFL owners, when somebody disrespects our flag, to say, get that son of a off the field right now, out, he's fired. He's fired! Black men are nearly 10, three times more to die from police brutality than any other white counterparts. You're pissed off about for protesting. Just Google them. It was like this whole thing with Le- with LeBron James. It was this shut up and dribble thing, and then just a few months later, you know, he's opening this like fifty million dollars school or whatever it is for these underprivileged kids with free tuition, with an opportunity to go to college. Any player that's demonstrating uh, that I've met, at least, is doing something off the field involving you know making the situation better. Well, you rarely hear about those in the media because they're not sexy and violent. You know what I mean? They're uh, positive, sadly, uh, but we don't want to hear about positive stuff. All you'll say is media narratives can be misleading, and those like Kaepernick deserve respect. Let people in power almost manipulate us or, or, or pull us into these, these silly arguments when so many of us know that the issue is not about protesting the national anthem. And I really want to call out um, the American citizens more than anybody in office or in, in you know in high places or whatever because I, I just believe we can be bigger than that and we're smarter than that and so that's where I feel about that I feel that it's time for us as American citizens if we are truly American citizens let's start standing up for what the cause is really about Everybody wants to jump on a bandwagon and say their little opinions about something you don't even know about. First of all, I backed Kaepernick from the beginning. Not knowing that because he spoke to Nate, Nate the one that told him take a knee. Take a knee because it represents prayer and it represents and it honors the fallen. So think about it. He's kneeling in silent prayer and he's honoring the fallen, all the black men, all the black young boys and women that have been killed recklessly for no reason. You see what I'm saying? Even in situation with the guy, I forgot his name, who they killed. And the thing about it is on video. They killed the guy for selling CDs in front of a store, which the owner said. See, they cut all that out. But the owner said 
He knew he was out there. He don't he didn't have a problem. What happened? Somebody else called the police. All right, with the young man in the car. I forgot. The man distinctly told him, "I have a concealed weapon." He didn't go and try to pull anything, but they shot the man while he was sitting in the car, not knowing this black man was an educator. He was a teacher. The young woman, Sandra, she's going to start her new job as a teacher. They pulled her over, and now it's coming out where they covered it up, and they killed that woman in custody. Now, it doesn't matter how nobody else feel about it. But enough is enough, and God Almighty is going to vindicate the black race, no matter how nobody try to say what y'all try to do, we will be vindicated. It's happening, and it's, it's stuff being exposed. And I'm just saying, it, American citizens, those that's on this platform, those that have ears to hear underneath the sound of my voice, do your research. I'm researching some stuff right now, even... To maintain some things that's being done from the Bible. Because I'm trying to understand how somebody can say they're serving the same God I'm serving. But your heart is wicked. You treat people like they poo-poo. You talk to people like they're nothing. But you say, quote-unquote, you're a leader. And you have a mega vision that you're doing. But yet, you just, you just, just evil. You're not serving the same God I'm serving. Y'all see what I'm saying? So, yeah, Dr. D doing a lot of spiritual enlightening going into this new year. And for our president to just call people, I mean, he cursed people out. Just no respect. You're supposed to be a leader of the country. And you know what? Because of this attitude and this spirit this demon spirit if you watch all the other people that's in like he said in high places that are being manipulated they are manipulating us as american citizens to keep us divided not knowing we all need each other there's nobody greater than the other i'm sorry i don't care how much money you got i don't care what status quo? I don't care what color you are. We all need somebody because when you in a in, in die straight of a heart, of a liver, or some eyes, come on now. You gonna get a match. It ain't gonna care if it come out of a black man. It's not gonna come. It's not gonna. If you need a liver, hello. I know I'm talking. You wanna live. Unless you that adamant like they just had a judge on here. They they protesting against this because a judge was at a restaurant and saw another white person give up a seat to a black woman who had children. And the judge openly said, you don't disrespect yourself like that. You don't give up your seat for no nigga. Let me find it.
That's just what it was said. So now it's a big thing going on online with that. You see how they, 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 they just keep reiterating stuff. So, like, people saying, oh, y'all need to go on, you know. Y'all not the only race that went through. Uh, I think we are trying to go forward. So how we as a black community trying to go forward when you have other nationalities trying to bring us back. So see where the fight is? So that means, okay, since since this is happening, now breaks, everything's on hold. We got to deal with this issue because ain't nobody going forward if y'all, if, if individuals are, are still name calling, you know. Don't worry about what the the community. Oh well, y'all call each other there. So why we no? Well, it's a it's it's a in it's an inside thing. See, I can call I can call my son a name, but you better not call him a name. Cause you have nothing to do with him. See, that's that's an inside blood thing. So the rights within the community don't belong to everybody outside the community. So with that said, I just want to applaud, well, I just want to, I, 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 first I applaud those that are taking a stand for right, for humanity, all right? All those that are understanding what each protest is about. Okay, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you kudos for that. Now, secondly... Those that just jump on the band when oh well I'm gonna burn my Nikes because he's still talking about the flag. Okay, see you ignorant because that's not why he's protesting. He is not protesting the flag, and then we could get into the flag issue too, but that's not important right now because my dad fought in the military, my brother fought in the military, my father was a Marine, hoorah, simplified. My my brother was a uh uh in the army. Both of them, sergeant, lieutenants. My brother was the top sharpshooter in in the army. All right? And we both got flags from both of them. So we respect the flag. But the whole protest is about the police brutality of our men in the black race. Now, even of color, because now... They even attacking the Latinos and the Hispanics. You see? And the truth be told, y'all, we all got a little of each other in each other. We all mix. So because your skin is a white person still ain't pure white. Hello? Come on, I'm going to tell the truth. She ain't the devil. A, a, a Caucasian individual, or American citizen, is still not a pure Caucasian. You, your DNA got some black in it, brother, sister. You, you still part of the original father and mother of this world, Adam and Eve. And Adam and Eve is descendants of the black descendants. Because hey, hey, do I need to go do a history lesson? The Garden of Eden is in the north part of Africa. Africa is a black continent. An African 
continent. Israel is in Africa. The northern part. Of, come on, y'all. Come on, y'all. Do I really have to go there? But like he said, the media is paid. Their job is to keep the American citizens brain dead. That's mind control. And they're only going to show what, what they are told to show. And like he said, if it's not brutality and something sexual or violence, hey, they want to see the negative part, especially the black race. They're not going to show you nothing positive. Oh, they'll keep showing other stuff, but how many times did they flash LeBron? This man had built a debt-free school for individuals to come to school with free tuition, then giving them free lunch, a free bike if they can't get back and forth to school. You don't hear no more about that. You heard it one time and it only, and it was on another station. It wasn't on no major station. Until they picked it up and somebody put it on there. Something positive. And even with that, our very own president couldn't say nothing nice about that. He had to make a mockery out of that. Come on, can't y'all really see what's going on? But we're going to make it, y'all. It's going to get better. It will be better. Because God's word said, Whatsoever man sow it, that shall he reap. It don't matter who it is, what title, where you come from, whatever it is, hmm. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. So that's my little American citizen wake-up call for everybody that... And I know I'm going to have some people that going to disagree. Hey, you can chime in. Say your opinions. I'll plug you in. But enough is enough. We have to get the whole perspective of the matter. Why? How? And what can I do to be a part? In my little community. How can I serve? And that's what I'm doing. I can't reach a thousand of people. But I, I can reach a few here in my community. I can help individuals at least try to get their business in order. And even with that, I'm still serving. All nationalities. A friend of mine came with me to Wally World, and she was really, like, amazed. Wow, you know, all kind of people, all these people, look how they greet you and hug on you. Yeah, because I'm showing them love. I care more about them and how they doing, how their family doing. And that's how I keep their business. And I really do care about them. And they know it. And that's why they keep coming to me. I'm not just using no marketed strategy to woo them in for business. No, they know I really care about them. And if I see them on the street, I'm going to greet them. I'm not going to act like I don't know them. And all oh, that gets to me when people do you that. When they, With a certain set of people or whatever, they keep walking and look at you. They don't greet you. They don't say hi. They don't introduce. Man, that's that's kind of like, 
That's that's not right. So I know I'm over my 15 minutes. Uh, yeah, I'm five minutes over, so let me go. So this little segment here, <laughs> another American citizen, uh, uh, I don't know what I can call it, but that's how I feel on that. I wanted to share that and um, explain a lot of people really still didn't know, and we into the NFL season right now, and they're still mad because people are taking a knee. And they want to find. Well, how can you find somebody that's that's that don't have nothing to do with what y'all are saying? That's their platform, and that's their opportunity to voice, to make awareness of what needs to stop. And lo and behold, the brutality have not stopped. They're still shooting. They're still kill, killing. They're just not making it on media now. They're trying to calm it down, but behind the scenes, it's getting worse, y'all. Especially for the black community. Now they getting they 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 going after the young the young children now in the girls. They beating up the girls in the. Uh, how can a policeman put a hand on a child? I don't care how disruptive or disrespectful she is. You go get that woman in the office. To calm her down to find out what's going on. You don't put your hand on another human being. That's just all right, out of order. I'm sorry. Two wrongs don't make a right. Somebody got to take the higher role. And uh, a change is about to come, y'all. A change is about to come. This Dr. D. And I approve this message. <laughs> And some of the questions that were asked about the black race. Can I just add my two cents? <laughs> now, I know something about black people because I was raised around black people. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a white guy, I think. <laughs> my family, you never really know. You just show up at the hospital and take whatever color comes. But there's been a really, uh, Satan has tried to destroy the black race for many, many years. And I want to tell you why, my opinion. I was telling Brother Bill about that in the back. I am an avid student of reading. I have a phenomenal library and every kind of subject you can think of and beside the Bible. And I realized and I studied a lot of different nationalities and creeds. And I found that the only race that ever did this was the black race. That we're in slavery for over 400 years. Yet they have such a terrible thing today on black on black violence. You see it, you hate, to, you hate for night to come because uh, a young black man's gonna die. Somebody gonna get shot, something terrible. And I thought, why is there such, such animosity among the black people for black people? And then when I studied, I began to realize that for 400 years, the black man was, and the black woman was put in slavery. You were hung, burned, raped, shot, you know, shot, stolen from. Yet it's the only race that sang Amazing Grace while it happened. <laughs> Never blamed God. 
still torture children about Jesus Christ and him crucified. While you were being raped, hung, put on fire, destroyed. The only race that literally said we will not blame God for this terrible tragedy. Sing amazing grace and wonderful spirituals. Because Satan knew there was great talent given to the black race. And he thought he could destroy you by burning you, hanging you, killing you, denying your children education, everything you could possibly think of. But you still kept giving God glory. You still kept singing Amazing Grace. Still teaching your children. So he said, the only way you can destroy this race is from within. And now his last bastion of what he's trying to do is cause you to hate each other. But I'll tell every black man, woman, boy, and girl, if you go back to singing Amazing Grace, he's going to go to hell. You'll quit killing each other. If you go back to your ancestors that refused to deny God and his grace, then this junk will stop. I'm Jesse Duplantis and I approve this message. Have a It is only fitting that I have the honor of Eric Reed introducing me for this award. In many ways, my recognition would not be possible without our brotherhood. I truly consider him to be more than a friend. Eric, his wife, his children, they're all a part of my family. Not only did he kneel by my side during the 2016 NFL season, but Eric continued to use his platform as a professional football player to protest systemic oppression, specifically police brutality against black and brown people. Eric introducing me for this prestigious award brings me great joy, but I'm also pained by the fact that his taking a knee and demonstrating during the national anthem to protect the rights of black and brown people also led to his ostracization in the NFL when he is widely recognized as one of the best competitors and in the prime of his career. You know, people sometimes forget that love is at the root of our resistance. My love for Eric has continually grown over the course of our ongoing journey. His brotherhood, resilience, and faith have shined brightly in moments of darkness. My love for my people serves as the fuel that motivates me and fortifies me on my mission. It is the people's unbroken love for themselves that motivates me even when faced with dehumanizing norms of a system that can lead to the loss of one's life over simply being black. History has proven that there has never been a period in the history of America where anti-blackness has not been an ever-present terror. Racialized oppression and dehumanization are woven into the very fabric of our nation. 
the effects of which can be seen in the lawful lynchings of black and brown people by the police and the mass incarceration of black and brown lives in the prison industrial complex. While America bills itself as the land of the free, the receipts show that the U.S. has incarcerated approximately 2.2 million people, the largest prison population in the history of humankind. As police officers continue to terrorize black and brown communities, abusing their power, and then hiding behind their blue wall of silence, the laws that allow them to kill us with virtual impunity, I have realized that our love that sometimes manifests itself as black rage is a beautiful form of defiance against the system that seeks to suppress our humanity, a system that wants us to hate ourselves, but I remind you, it is love that is at the root of our resistance. It is our love for 12-year-old Tamir Rice, who was gunned down by the police in less than two seconds that will not allow us to bury our anger. It is our love for Philando Castile, who was executed in front of his partner and his daughter, that keeps us fighting back. It is our love for Stefan Clark, who was lynched in his grandma's backyard that will not allow us to stop until we liberate our people. Our love is not an individualized love. It is a collective love. A collective love that is constantly combating forms of racialized hate. Chattel slavery, Jim Crow, new Jim Crow, massive plantations, mass incarceration, slave patrols, police patrols. We as a collective since the colonization of the Americas have been combating collective forms of systemic racialized hate and oppression. But I am hopeful. I am inspired. This is why we have to protest. This is why we are so passionate. We protest because we love ourselves and we love our people. It was James Baldwin who said, to be black in America and to be relatively conscious is to be in a rage almost all the time. My question is, why aren't all people? How can you stand for the national anthem of a nation that preaches and propagates freedom and justice for all that is so unjust to so many of the people living there? How can you not be in a rage when you know that you are always at risk of death in the streets or enslavement in the prison system? How can you willingly be blind to the truth of systemic racialized injustice? When Malcolm X said, I'm for truth, no matter who tells it. I'm for justice, no matter who it's for or against. I'm a human being first and foremost. And as such, I'm for whoever and whatever benefits humanity as a whole. I took that to heart. While taking a knee is a physical display that challenges the merits of who is excluded from the notion of freedom, liberty, and justice for all. The protest is also rooted in the convergence of my moralistic beliefs and my love for the people. Seeking the truth, finding the truth, telling the truth, and living the truth has been and always will be what guides my actions. For as long as I have a beating heart, I will continue to work on this path on behalf of the people. Again, 
Love is at the root of our resistance. Last, but certainly not least, I would like to thank Amnesty International for the Ambassador of Conscious Award. But in truth, this is an award that I share with all the countless people throughout the world combating the human rights violations of police officers and their uses of oppressive and excessive force. To again quote Malcolm X, when he said, I will join in with anyone. I don't care what color you are. As long as you want to change this miserable condition that exists on this earth, I'm here to join with you all in this battle against police violence. Thank you. Systematic oppression. Like I said, I don't know why this came up on my feed after I just shared my heart on America. Don't get caught up into this system. God about to do something, y'all. I feel it. And like I said, the next couple of years, man, it's going to have a change take place. And we're going to see some phenomenal things. Just stay the course, you guys. Don't don't get caught up into all this jumping from this trend to that trend. Don't go burning up your tennis shoes. You need your shoes to walk in. You paid money for those tennis shoes. All right? You paid money for them shirts and them headbands. I'm not burning up my shoes. Matter of fact, I need to go get another pair of Nikes. See what I'm saying? Understand the purpose of the protest. Understand it's about, it's bigger than a flag. That mean, Okay, so so because somebody, you know what? If you really go and look at all the videos, the president himself don't even honor the flag. He don't even cross his heart. Y'all, come on now. Y'all need to go do some research. They're not even talking about honoring the flag. And from what I'm told from military, they dishonor the flag all the time when they have the flag flat, when they be crossing it over the field. The flag's supposed to always fly high, never supposed to be laying down. How about that? Y'all didn't know that, huh? Go do your research. Do your research, people. Do your research. You really want to find something out? Just don't take what the media is throwing out there. Don't take what you're seeing on Facebook, other people with their comments, because they don't know. They're just going with the flow. They're just going with the flow, y'all. Understand the purpose behind the protest. No matter what it is, understand the purpose. At the end of all of it, like I stated, I was sharing something on the Safe Zone broadcast. It's about love. I don't care all your titles. I don't care what you're building. I don't care what you're saying, what you're doing in the name of the Lord. If you don't have love motivating behind it, if you're not treating people right, you're not talking to people right, if you're not acting right with, you know, with people, you got nasty attitudes, I'm questioning that love walk. Oh, yes, I am. I'm questioning that. Mm-mm, something right with that. And I know myself, I know I'm not perfect. Dr. D ain't perfect, but I tell you what, 
I am not going to get biff with nobody just to prove that, hey, I'm better than somebody else. No, I'm not. And I can tell when a devil working in somebody and when God is working in somebody. And if somebody humble and somebody just trying to get over, you better know the difference. Case in print, like the young lady. Can I use your phone? First of all, was not polite at all. Just cocky. Like, like, like people were supposed to automatically give her the phone. And then when I say no, well, I just want to call my sister, huh? Well, see, right there, that's a bad spirit. It's a bad spirit. I can, she can say, excuse me, ma'am, how you doing? I need to use the phone. I don't have my phone. Can I call the phone? Can I use your phone to call my boyfriend or my friend? I, I need to meet him somewhere. Hey, that's the truth. Sure, what's the number? I'll dial it for you. I still wasn't going to give him my phone, but I would have dialed the number for her. I've done that to people. I've dialed the number for them. So you got to know the difference. All right, you guys, I'm about to head on to church. Well, to the sanctuary to serve serve God. I've been serving him since I've been up <laughs> this morning. He woke me up. And so um, I'm going to holler at you guys later. Y'all be blessed, okay? All right, later. Tell me, it is reasonably assumed if you're a black teen in a car with a white woman, you must be a robber, right? This week, a young black teen was held at gunpoint by law enforcement and arrested for riding in a car with his grandmother, who just happens to be an elderly white woman.
There was no name. The cop didn't even have a description of this tipster. So things are kind of fishy by the police statements, which causes the public opinion to wonder if that officer was even truthful. You got to understand, the state of Wisconsin, this is a state that's a predominantly white state. The state of Wisconsin is made up of 87% Caucasian and less than 7% of black people. Less than 7%. In a state like Wisconsin, it is not hard to believe that some profiling could have occurred. Even the grandma was suspicious of this very possibility. Now, the internet has its own opinion. So far, what I've seen, nobody believes the officer. For the simple fact that their stories have kind of flip-flopped. The officers in their official statement said that they had their guns pointed to the ground and not actually at a kill. However, by witness testimony, there's a young man who said that by his own eyes, he saw the officers with their guns pointed directly at a kill Carter. I'm guessing it's because he's black. I'm not, I'm just, my hypothesis when he walked up to his grandma, he was crying, his grandmother was crying. Shouldn't have went that far with it. Like, if you would have seen how surrounded this boy was, and, like, I seen him shaking, and I'm looking like, oh, my God, I hope they don't kill him. Imagine being in that situation, going from riding home from church with your grandma to having guns pointed in your face. By the grace of God, that young boy's life was spared. He was inches away from being another hashtag. Like hashtag Tamir Rice, hashtag Stephon Clark, hashtag Sandra Bland. This situation could have almost become hashtag Akil Carter. With all the bickering and the back and forth on the internet, with all the people burning their Nike shoes, with all the fuss about the NFL and Colin Kaepernick, ladies and gentlemen, this further proves the point as to why Colin Kaepernick kneeled and took a knee in the first place. It's this. That's what they kneel for. But you already know that. The good news is, at this point, that family have now obtained a lawyer and their attorney is considering taking legal action for the harassment of this poor grandmother and her innocent black grandson. Hashtag, that lawsuit's coming. My question is, do you believe the officer's telling the truth? No, they're telling the truth. Do you think that all of this was justified? Make sure you follow me on Instagram at whoiscaliber. Be great. Be blessed. Once again, it's your boy, Cali, keeping it 100. Always, somebody got to do it. Man, that's crazy, huh, bro? Here we go. Okay, so what's going on at the Waffle House this week? Okay. he He's like, uh, <laughs> he keep up with all the stuff that's going on. I got that feed and just so ironic. I didn't even look for all this, y'all. It's just I got up in my spirit. And I was praying for America. I was praying for um, the black community, the nation. I was praying for my Latino, Hispanic sisters and brothers. I was praying for the Caucasian brothers and sisters. I just was praying for every nationality that God is about to bring us in oneness. I mean, this stuff is heightening up so much to look what's happening but mainly for our community to have their minds reprogrammed because it's been systematically programmed. Then I'm just getting in from church, picked up my phone, boom, here we go. Another incident happened this week about an innocent young man. See, I think the police officers need to go back to school. I think they really need to go back and see that, hey, this nation have changed. You got mixed families now. You got Hispanics with blacks, white marrying blacks. You got, you got, even I've, I've, I have customers that 
the the Chinese, the Chinese woman married the black man. They got their children. They have color now. You know what I'm saying? Hey, you got this 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 black woman with this white man with their children. Come on, y'all. I believe policemen need to go back and get a diversity teaching that, hey, America is a melting pot. America has a diverse family now. You just not going to walk up and see all white. You gonna walk up at a picnic and see all shades of skin at that family picnic. It's not just one color now, y'all. It's all of us. And it's just so ironic how God is just exposing this stuff. So really, it's just confirming that I was on the right vein this morning. He had me up reading and praying. And then I'm checking my feed and look at all this stuff. Which I know you can find it anywhere, but I don't be looking for stuff like that. So thank God this child was able to go home with his grandparents. And now they're going to have to deal with emotional stuff because it's a young boy. It looks like he's about, what, 12, 13 years old. That's a doggone shame. Put him in the back. That's a, a, a juvenile. And you put him in the back of a police car. They don't even care how old they are anymore. You see what I'm saying? That's a juvenile. You're supposed to wait for call the CPS. You're supposed to sit out there. They didn't handcuff the child. Then put the child in the back of the car. Think not even waiting to see what the grandma said. You're going to put the child in the car. Tell him to get out. Wow. That's just crazy. Man. Sorry if any policemen listening to my feed. Y'all need to go back to school. Period. Y'all need to go back to Family 101. Diversity 101. Y'all need to go back. Because um, something ain't right with this picture. This Dr. D... Hey, it is what it was. I'm going to bring it to you. God bless you. Ladies and gentlemen, here is why Cap took Take a knee. A movement started by Colin Kaepernick to protest social injustice. But since the beginning, the movement has been misunderstood, hijacked, and whitewashed. I mean, now the movement is essentially everything except what it was meant to be. Ladies and gentlemen, here is why Cap took a knee. Colin Kaepernick first set out the national anthem in August 2016, about a month after police shot and killed Alton Sterling and Philando Castile, and two years after the Black Lives Matter movement gained national attention. This country stands for freedom, liberty, justice for all, and it's not happening for all right now. After sitting out the anthem for three preseason games, Cap met with former NFL player and Army veteran Nate Boyer, who helped him decide to kneel rather than sit. Soldiers take a knee in front of a fallen brother's grave, you know, to show respect. There's a lot of things that need to change. Police brutality. There's people being murdered unjustly. You hear that? Police brutality. People being murdered. That is the crux of Cap's protest. It's no secret that there's a culture of institutionalized violence towards people of color in the U.S. I mean, open your eyes. You can become a cop in six months and don't have to have the same amount of training as a cosmetologist. That's, that's insane. One study found that black men are nearly three times as likely to be killed by legal intervention than white men. 
and Latino men are twice as likely. Out of the 1,155 people killed by police in 2016, there have only been 13 charges, and so far, no convictions. Kaepernick is protesting a systemic oppression that is pervasive in the United States. The hashtags for the slain, unarmed black and brown people are unending. He's exercising his constitutional right to make a statement. I think there's a long history of sports figures doing so. We're talking about freedom of speech here, folks. But as Kaepernick's protests continued, the disdain for his activism only grew. Cap's jersey has been burned, used as a doormat, and the man's been called everything but a child of God. Whiny, indulgent, attention-seeking crybaby. He's exercising the right to remain a jerk. But his following, it's grown as well. Pro athletes have taken a knee, along with high school athletes, cheerleaders, bands, police officers, and veterans. Hell, even people with bad knees have taken a knee. And then this happened. Wouldn't you love to see one of these NFL owners when somebody disrespects our flag to say, get that son of a off the field right now. He's fired! Listen up. It's not about making America great again. And frankly, it's not about the president, though he is clearly a symptom of this racist and troubled American system. A spray tan symbol of white supremacy. Colin Kaepernick's protest is about injustice. It's about inequality. It's about the unarmed black and brown people who have died at the hands of police. It's about Trayvon Martin, Michael Brown, Sandra Bland, Eric Garner, Alton Sterling, Philando Castillo, Charlena Lyles, Tamir Rice, and Freddie Gray, to name a few. So when you see NFL owners and their teams taking a knee for a photo op, oop, I mean, for unity and ultimately against Trump's comments, that's not in solidarity with the initial protest. And it's problematic. Or when Sports Illustrated tried to be in solidarity, how are you going to try to be about a movement when you excluded the man behind the movement from the cover? I'm just saying. Over a year after Kaepernick first got out the anthem, he's unsigned. But the significance of his protest is invaluable. Say their names, but most importantly, take a stand. Even if taking a stand brings you to a knee. Colin Kaepernick, we salute you. Wow. Here we go. Hello. These. Here we go. Niners quarterback Colin Kaepernick takes a knee during the national anthem in San Francisco last year. We noticed, but very few players joined him. Not many players seem to care. He can't get a job in the NFL now, and very few have said much about that either. But the president says he wants that peaceful protest to stop. Says those players should be fired if they take a knee during the anthem, and calls those players a name I never thought I'd live long enough to hear a president say, and now everybody cares. Donald Trump has said he supports a peaceful protest because it's an American's right. But not this protest, and there's the problem. Any protest you don't agree with is a protest that should be stopped. Martin Luther King should have marched across a different bridge. Young black Americans should have gone to a different college and found a different lunch counter. And college kids in the 60s had no right to protest an immoral war. I served in the military during the Vietnam War, and my foot hurt too but I've served anyway. 
My best friend in high school was killed in Vietnam. And Carol Meyer will be 18 years old forever, and he did not die so that you could decide who is a patriot and who loves America more. The young black athletes are not disrespecting America or the military by taking a knee during the anthem. They are respecting the best thing about America. It's a dog whistle to the racist among us to say otherwise. They and all of us should protest how black Americans are treated in this country. And if you don't think white privilege is a fact, you don't understand America. The comedian Chris Rock says it best. There's not a white man in America who would trade places with him. And he's rich. It has not gone unnoticed that Trump has spoken out against the Mexicans who want to come to America for a better life, against the Muslims, and now against the black athlete. But he says nothing for days about the white men who marched under a Nazi flag in Charlottesville, except to remind us there were good people there. And when he finally tried to say the right thing, not one of them was called an SOB or should be fired. We have white men in America who waved the Nazi flag and the Confederate flag, and he's concerned about taking a knee because it disrespects this flag. We use that flag to sell mattresses and beer. We wear it as a swimsuit. We wrap our bald heads in a flag bandana and stick it in our pants because we disrespect that flag every day. Maybe we all need to read the Constitution again. There has never been a better use of pen to paper. Our forefathers made freedom of speech the First Amendment. They listed ten, and not one of them says, you have to stand during the anthem. And I think those men respected the country they fought for and founded a great deal more than the self-proclaimed patriots who are simply hypocrites because they want to deny the basic freedom of this great country, a country they supposedly value and cherish so much. Wow. Well, y'all see I'm on this rant today. Just trying to get all the views at all angles so none of my subscribers won't think I'm just going on the left field. My heart is heavy in this area because now they're attacking the black and brown um, people, youth. And I love children. I love youth. And when you're touching the youth, you're touching God's heart. You know, and it's, it all started from this. And really, it started way back through segregation. Uh, we was talking about that at church today. And uh, how I was born in the midst of the transition. I was born in 1965. And so they just was, you know, transitioning to segregation. I was going to uh, St. Anne's School. It was all white and... I was called all kind of names, ponytail pull, kick, push, push down the stairs. And, man, that was a horrible feeling as a little girl. I was a little girl, y'all, experiencing that. And then as I got older, then it was like a little calmness, maybe between 80s, you know, or I guess maybe like the late 80s to 2000. And then all of a sudden, this outrage of hate. Oh my gosh. So, I just um, want y'all to hear all sides. This is a, a reporter from um, A Plus, um, Dale Hans Hansen. And he's covering that little three minute segment about 
taking a knee and what it stands for and uh, I like his explanation so we can hear the whole vintage point on this issue that's so prevalent at this moment in our life in America and once again America don't get caught up into this media dialogue you know don't go spending no extra move no extra money because you don't want burnt your tennis shoes then you realize oh man I need the tennis shoes to walk in <laughs> Come on, y'all. Come on. Keep your tennis shoes. Keep your clothes. And do some homework. So you can learn firsthand on what's really going on. The history tells itself. The history talks about itself. Get you a Bible and go online on the Tulane, to the um, YouTube page. And you type in the search history on slavery or history on black folks. Just history. All kind of stuff going to pop up. And listen to it. Okay? I love you guys. God bless. This is Dr. D with the Boom Factor. Straight out. Okay, so now he's crossing his leg and his leg straight out. Oh, now they didn't shot him. Really? Wow. Stand up. Legs crossed. Legs straight. Hands up. Hands out. Shake it all about. On your knees. On your front. On your back. Lay still. Stand up. Lay, lay crossed. Ha hands. Hands. Stop resisting. It may seem like the lyrics to the hokey pokey. Get to the hokey pokey and but this is a list of commands you can often find issued by American police officers in their attempts to de-escalate a situation. In this example, the subject the man is, is sitting down where they told him calm in compliance, trying to, to listen. A barrage of instructions coming from two officers who seem to be about on the same page as me and Dana Loesch. One officer orders him to extend his legs, another orders him to cross his legs. When he tries to comply with both, they pump him full of electricity. Wow. Now keep in mind this happened in Pennsylvania, the same state where 17-year-old Antoine Rose was just shot in the back and killed by officer Michael Rosefeld, who, by the way, if you are just wondering, is patiently awaiting trial in the comfort of his own home after the judge granted him unsecured bail, meaning he had to pay nothing. Meanwhile, Meek Mill was denied bond for popping a wheelie. The judge literally had to break the law to offer Rosfeld bail. Seeing as how the Pennsylvania Constitution states that in cases with possible life sentence, bail shouldn't be offered. Uh, but that's for another day. The point is, while some would like to blame police misconduct on a few bad apples or individual cases, this past week alone has proven that these examples are not isolated. They are happening at alarming rates across the country. Pennsylvania shows how frequently these incidents are occurring, yet most conservatives would rather debate just how compliant this man was, rather than face the blatant and obvious reality that sweeping comprehensive police reform is needed. Just think about it for a second. If this is what happens when someone is fully compliant, and this is what happens when someone flees from those who could potentially brutalize you for complying, where does that leave us? I'll tell you where. Right here. The same place where every American should be protesting this injustice. Because as I have said till I'm blue in the face, this is why we kneel. Not to protest a song or a piece of cloth, the military or even the man in the Oval Office. It's to say, hey, 
This isn't okay, people. So if you felt compelled to criticize the way Cap and other NFL players protested, then you better speak up on this, because this is just another example of why they knelt. And I am frankly sick to my back teeth of reporting on police abuse, so I can't even begin to imagine how sick those are who are subject to it on a goddamn daily basis. Really, come on, whether you claim to bleed blue or not, how can you watch this video and be so willfully ignorant to think it's all right, or say it's just procedure? All while white mass shooters are almost never apprehended. Yeah, they get taken to a McDonald's and get a burger. Even after committing unimaginable hmm. atrocities. Enough with this shite already. Where is the civility here? Wow. Well, I'm going to keep feeding this feed on this subject. I'm telling y'all, something's about to explode, and I'm going to have it documented that God is about to turn this around. Enough is enough. The brutality, the disrespect, the dishumanizing of individuals, black and brown individuals, minorities, especially our black men, the respect going to come and God's going to intervene. This is Dr. D. And I approve that video. You can always go on YouTube. Um, the title of it is uh, Underneath the Breakdown with Francis Maxwell and then Breakhaven. He the one that shared the video. And that's from June 29th. Uh, something else had just happened. Uh... But I'm I I don't I don't have it. Okay, my loves. Peace. Welcome back to What's Trending. I'm Martine Bierman. Make sure to subscribe for more stories about minorities getting arrested for simply occupying space. Wow. Jay Dean was working on his car in the parking lot of his apartment complex when he was approached by a security guard. How am I loitering? Because if I live listen, on this property, listen, bro, listen to me. I you don't know if I'm fixing my car, right. if I'm and that's waiting what? to leave okay. or not. So why is you walking up saying I'm loitering? Because, Lord, do you know the definition of loitering? Now you're right you trying to insult the man. The guard asked Dean for his identification despite there being no reason to think he was committing a crime. And he called in backup. Nope, not I know of. Bro, can I get some? my badge. You want my ID? Yeah, I want everything from everybody. Yeah. We're going to need your ID, sir. You can film me all you want. I really don't give a uh, that, no, that's not the point. There it is, Sergeant Robert Patterson, Southport Police Department. Eventually, an officer pulls Dean out of the car and arrests him for failing to show him his ID. Hey, bro. Man, what the fuck? Get off me, bro. Stop testing up. Get off me, And they always want to talk about stop resisting. What in the hell? Man, and see what I'm saying? It seems to be over whether the officers even had the right to demand the dean identify himself. In Indiana, it's a Class C misdemeanor to refuse to identify oneself to a police officer who requests it. However, courts have ruled that officers must have a reasonable suspicion that the subject has committed an infraction or ordinance violation. And all this guy was doing was sitting in his car and working on it. On top of that, the first cop who approached Dean is not an Indianapolis police officer. James Reynolds runs a private security firm called Reynolds Security Consulting Corp and is a reserve officer for the Sheridan Police Department about 45 miles north from Southport where this incident took place. Yet he's wearing some kind of weird mix of like a G.I. Joe outfit and like a kid's pool floaty with the words police. 
printed across the front, so it has to be real, guys. He did work for the Marion County Sheriff's Department back in 2013, but was fired. Despite that vest that he has on that says police, he's not a cop there and would not have had the authority to arrest Dean. In the wake of the viral video, the Sheridan Police Department now says Reynolds is no longer employed with them as a reserve officer. The other man on camera, Robert Patterson, is a sergeant with the Southport PD, though he also works part-time for Reynolds' security company. His status is unknown as the local authorities conduct their own investigation. So what reason did they have for suspecting Jay Quan of a crime other than him being black? According to WTHR, officers had been on the lookout for a burglary suspect in the area with a similar description who had stolen a television from a nearby home. And by similar description, I'm pretty sure we know what they mean. Black person steals a TV? Arrest every black person on this block. For real. Dean is charged with That's resisting arrest and refusing to identify. He also says he sustained a hand injury during the encounter. Awesome. I suffered a nerve injury. I no longer have feeling in my hand right here. Do you guys think that it makes sense to arrest somebody for just hanging out outside of their own apartment complex? Let us know in the comments. And for more trends, head to whatstrending.com. It's crazy, y'all. Uh, I'm, I'm telling y'all, this is this is this is like every other day, something is happening all over, all over the world. Where is the respect? I mean. I'm just trying to understand. You you can't sit outside your apartment. You know people do it all the time to fix their car. I just I I don't understand. Well, I'm telling y'all, I must be on this rant to this. I don't know. Hey, police officers, stop doing this. So a bunch of you sent this to me in the Big Ten Democratic Coalition group, and it made me so mad that I had to cover the whole video. Here you have an unruly cop body slamming and arresting a kid for calling him a mother as he was leaving the store peacefully. Now, this is exactly the kind of minor altercation people get into every day with police officers. Here you have a young guy getting the cops called on him for riding a hoverboard inside of a store. And as he's leaving the store, he's talking because he's obviously pissed off at this cop pursuing him. They wanted me to leave Walmart because I was riding my hoverboard, right? I'm leaving Walmart. Now, they escort me. Especially this guy here. He's the dickhead. And of course, our small town tyrant is not about to be talked down to, especially not by some unruly kids. So first, he hits him with the, you probably have a record routine. Wonder why he thought this kid had a record. Hmm. Who? I don't got no criminal record, cousin. Well, I don't know. You won't let me get your name. Like, I'm really going to give you my name? Nope, that didn't work. Then he tries to <laughs> the wrong way line as if there's only one way to leave a freaking Walmart. The wrong way to interest, is that I don't have to do no hopping, bro. Get off my back. Stop following me. Now, keep in mind that at this point, the cop is visibly annoyed that this other person isn't cowering in fear. Why are you still following me, bro? Right here and wait for bro, no. Look, why are you still touching you me, bro? Go to jail why are you, you touching me? Right here. Why are you touching me? Going to jail for what? He out the store. Get off of me, bro. Wow. Wow. 
the right to put your hands on a person this way just because they don't respect you. The subject hasn't done anything wrong. He's not a threat to anyone. He's compliant. Annoyed, sure, but compliant. This is precisely the problem. And then the cop arrests the kid violently for calling him a motherfucker. What was he supposed to do? Is he supposed to take it quietly as he's being harassed by a man who's using a badge to do whatever he wants? What is he supposed to do when you put your hands on him? This isn't just a race issue either, by the way. This is an issue that impacts all of us. We need more accountability, we need better practices, and we need to oust bad cops. Stop getting in the way of that happening. Now, here's the thing. Thankfully, the police didn't escalate this altercation even further and end up killing this young man, although we've certainly seen that happen all too often. And unfortunately, that is the painfully low bar we've set here in the United States. But statistically, this is a much more common interaction reflecting the everyday experience citizens have with police officers, and it is precisely why cops aren't well-liked. It's not the body cams. It's not anything else. It's the fact that police officers think they are above the law when they are not. They're supposed to be upholding the law. I'm Hassan Piker, and if this video has made you as angry as it made me, please share it with your friends, and don't forget to leave your thoughts in the comments section below. If you want the longer version of this video, check out my Twitch at twitch.tv slash Hassanabi, and don't forget to download the TYT app for more videos like this, and this has been The Breakdown. Already players are protesting the national anthem. Please protest. Because I kind of feel like maybe they're protesting, protesting. Oh, come on, bro. Season returning in protests against police brutality continuing. We are once again at the crossroads of ignorance where conservatives willfully say things like this. The guys who want to kneel in disrespect have no interest in coming to the middle or understanding why that would be disrespectful. And like this. Patriotic Americans are sick and tired of athletes turning the game of football into a political temper tantrum. And there are thoughts to talk about anything but why the players are protesting. But instead of simply debunking such pathetic attempts to deflect, I figured my time could be better spent highlighting the contributions athletes protesting and voicing their political opinion have made. Let's take a look, shall we? Starting with the man who sparked the entire movement itself, Colin Kaepernick. Let's take a look at what he did on top of just protesting. Donated a million dollars to several charities and non-profit organizations across the country to help both at-risk youth and empower communities. From Advancement Project in Washington, D.C., a multiracial civil rights organization, to United Players in San Francisco, a violence prevention and youth development organization. Not to forget, he formed his very own non-profit, Know Your Rights Camp, to enlighten at-risk youth about their rights when interacting with law enforcement. But hey, he was just protesting, right? What about Malcolm Jenkins, a player whose protests have continued into the new season? Should he do more than just protest? Well, I'm glad you asked. The Safety actually won an award for community service in 2017, and his organization, the Malcolm Jenkins Foundation, helped sustain football programs in underserved communities in New Jersey, Ohio, and Louisiana. Oh, you want more? Okay, well, there's Michael Bennett, who donated all of his 2017 endorsements to support inner-city garden projects, a cause that helps rebuild minority communities and empower women of color. And if any of the harsh critics actually cared to take a closer look, you'll find that this kind of commitment to community empowerment is typical amongst the protesting athletes. Another example, Patrick Peterson and his program Foundation for Success, which is aimed at offering support to inner city youth to help them meet their potential. And the criticism from conservatives is reserved not only for NFL players, but also for the likes of people like LeBron James, who dare speak out against the current president. Yet LeBron has been criticized highly by the Fox News talking heads for his anti-Trump rhetoric while they completely ignore his positive, uplifting 
pro-America rhetoric. You know, that whole paying to build a public school for at-risk youth thing. The bottom line is I highlight all these examples not just to show the ignorance of those criticizing these players, but to ask everyone to look a little closer. Because the reality is that despite all the criticism from media mouthpieces, these prominent black athletes understand the struggles facing their community and offer their resources to empower change, while also protesting police brutality and systemic injustice. So how about this? How about instead we turn that spotlight around and shine it on all the critics? You know, those talking heads who, when they aren't passing off falsehoods about protesting athletes, are glorifying the military and gnashing their teeth about the treatment of the nation's veterans. Let's switch the narrative and ask the same questions of those who use the military and vets as a weapon against those protesting. Do they really care about veterans or is it all just lip service? We step over them on our way to a nice restaurant and then we go and give them lip service while we get hammered in the backyard uh, watching a football game talking about God bless America. No, very few people in this country do anything for our vets. Come on, show us your receipts, Laura Ingram. What about you, Tammy? Hannity, Bueller, anybody. What are you doing for the veterans you claim That's right. Corona, That's right. You most likely step over in the street. Why are you so Absolutely nothing. Just running your mouth. Turn a blind eye when the president openly insults war heroes. Those who claim the athletes are spoiled and do nothing but bite the hand that feeds them. Yet we never hear what do you mean bite the hand that feeds them. That's a service. A of your time or resources to help resolve the issue of homelessness amongst veterans or lack of mental health resources. So it's quite clear that they are doing more than just protesting. But I'm not so sure about you. Why don't you do more than just offer lip service? Happy See, that's that's the thing, you guys. People are so quick. They put their mouth on other people and they don't look a little closer. I say once again, if you complaining about somebody or somebody telling you about somebody or even in your own community. Look a little closer. Well, what are they doing? Mm. Okay. Behind closed doors, this person is helping the homeless. This person is setting up programs to help individuals start their business. Hmm. This person is helping the veterans. You see what I'm saying? And that's all what they're saying. They're so busy putting their mouth on the players and anybody else who's protesting against the police brutality for all mankind, mainly black and brown people of the United States. All over the country, we've seen time after time from state to state that the policemen think, hey, you have a right to mishandle individuals just because you have a badge on. And that's going to stop sooner or later. And we, I respect any policemen that's on my feed or have a family member that's a police officer and you are the good ones. I appreciate you. I pray for you all the times. But like they have a special about to come out with the good cops standing against the bad cops. That's the ones we need to pray for. That's the ones we need to cover because they coming out on the front line. And to the ones that have been bought, you know, it was a good show to really expose the mannerism of cops. 
I think uh, your girl was in it. Uh, Jennifer Lopez. I don't know if it was the the Bloods or the Blues. I forgot the name of it. But that was a, a good series. How they um how they covered each other. Then I think there's another series that was a good series. So this is Dr. D. Another episode. <laughs> oh my gosh, another episode, you guys. And um I'm adding it to this one here. And yes, it is Monday. You know, marketing Monday. Uh, I I put a motivation um, update, and I'm gonna say hi on that feed. But um, it's just that this came up, so maybe I just need to just keep adding these episodes so you can hear a variety of different things that's going on. Because I know they still have people, you know, still have their little opinions, and they tired of hearing about this and tired of hearing about that, but don't get tired because it's still going on. Let's make a difference. You see, let's make a difference. Let's keep our eyes open. Just pray, you know, and let's just make a difference. Because that's the only way it's going to stop until everybody stop being clueless, you know, and see, you know what, this is really happening. They're really treating these folks like like they're nothing and they're human beings just like everybody else. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Later.
costs of slavery. And they're horrible, no doubt. But I think today, what's more relevant is something else. Where are you from? Not, not, not in the U.S. Where are you people from? Odds are, if you're white, you know. Ireland, Scotland, England, Germany, Italy, Greece, France. Where are you from? And based on your answer, I can tell you all kind of things about you. I can tell you whether your gravy is red, brown, or white. I can tell you what kind of booze you probably drink. Tell you what kind of food you eat. Tell you what cuss words you use. Translates into a lot of things. The values you instill in your kids. The jokes you tell. The biases you have. My kid's four years old. Uh, one of them. <laughs> he's four years old. If I look at him and I say, ooh, ah, he's going to go up the rock. Irish, you just laughed. If you're English, you probably got a little mad because that's part of your cultural identity. If you're not either one of those, you have no idea what that means. Four years old. Kid doesn't know where Ireland is. Couldn't point to it on a map. But it's already starting to get ingrained in him. He's already being able to take pride in that cultural identity. Why don't we have Bantu pride? Congolese pride. I don't have that. See, the sociologists, you know, they like to point to black pride and say, oh, well, it's a healing endeavor. So, you know, black people can get together and they, uh, they you know, they, they can join in that struggle. That's a cop-out. That is a cop-out. That's a whitewash of the reality. The reality is that slavery ripped that from them. They have black pride because they don't know. They don't know. It wasn't in the slave owner's interest to keep track of the cultural heritage of his property. So that cultural identity that shapes you, it does. Think about it. Think about how much of what you are as a person is linked to your, your heritage like that. Stripped away. Gone. And it got replaced. It got replaced. You know, down here in the South especially out in the country, you go into a black kitchen, somebody is going to know how to cook hog drives and chitlins. Pig's feet. <laughs> Down here, that scene is black cuisine. That didn't come from Africa. Not the way pasta or shepherd's pie came with us. That came from the plantations. That's what the slave owner threw away and let them eat. They endured that for so long, it became part of their culture. They endured it for so long, they got good at it. Found a way to make it flavorful. No, I can't understand what it's like to be black in the U.S. I can't understand what it's like to have my, my cultural identity stripped away and replaced with the knowledge that when my granddad was a kid, people didn't think he was human. Or that what is seen as my cuisine is because we got good at cooking trash. That's going to affect a people, a collective people, on a very deep level.
you say get over it, we're a long way away from that. We're a long way from getting over slavery. Yeah, the physical scars, they've healed. They have. Cultural ones are still there because it's gone. It was stripped away. Just vanished in the air. I really want you to think about how much of who you are as a person comes from the old country. And then imagine what it would be like if you didn't have that. And if what it was replaced with wasn't love with the red, white, and blue. Because the red, white, and blue didn't love you. It wasn't that long ago, guys. There are people alive today that dealt with <laughs> that dealt with some pretty horrible stuff. And it's getting better. But it's not solved. That that problem's ongoing, and it's going to stay ongoing for a while. You know, I've seen people say that they're not African-American, that they're just American. I love it. Good for you. I, I cannot wait until the day comes when all of us just leave those national identities behind and we're just people. But that's a long way off. And until then, we're going to have to address our history. And while we may find it uncomfortable to address our history, because we don't like it, we don't like the things that our people did. Understand there are some people that don't know theirs. They don't have that source of pride to reach back to. I actually think that's why that Black Panther movie did so well. Because it, it, it's just just like, you know, <laughs> just like every, every European ethnicity has that origin myth. You know, it gave them that. So, just a thought. Um, it's something to think about when you have convinced yourself as a white person that you truly understand what it's like take a step back it goes a lot further than to have having uh, to have a talk with your kids about how to deal with cops your entire cultural identity was ripped away anyway y'all have a nice night thanks for the uh insult because it it Gave me something to think about. It comes as a great shock to discover that the country which is your birthplace and to which you owe your life and your identity has not in its whole system of reality evolved any place for you. <laughs> it comes as a great shock around the age of five or six or seven to discover the flag to which you have pledged allegiance along with everybody else has not pledged allegiance to you. 
It comes as a great shock to discover that Gary Cooper killing off the Indians when you were rooting for Gary Cooper, that the Indians were you. When I was growing up, I was taught in American history books that Africa had no history, and neither did I. That I was a savage, about whom the less said the better, who had been saved by Europe and brought to America. And of course, I believed it. I didn't have much choice. Those are the only books there were. I am stating very seriously, and this is not an overstatement. I picked the cotton. And I carried to market. And I built the railroads under someone else's whip for nothing. For nothing. If one has got to prove one's title to the land, isn't 400 years enough? 400 years, at least three wars. The American soil is full of the corpses of my ancestors. Why is my freedom, my citizenship, or my right to live there, how is it conceivably a question now? What we are not facing is the results of what we've done. What one breaks the American people to do for all our sakes is simply to accept our history until the moment comes when we, the Americans, we, the American people, we are trying to forge a new identity for which we need each other. Until this moment, there is scarcely any hope for the American dream because the people who are denied participation in it by their very presence will wreck it. Um, this was a speech by um, James James as a great shock to the James Baldwin. It'll be awesome to go get his books. Uh, he was born in 1924. He delivered his seminar speech on whether the American dream have achieved um, the American. What is the American dream, and has in the American dream has been achieved at the expense of African Americans, and he was at um. Coleman College. Uh, let me see. The country, which is your birthplace, and to which you owe your life and your identity, has not in its whole system of reality evolved any place for you. Okay, so um, writer James Baldwin, he was at Cambridge University in 1965, making his speech in 1965. I was born in that year. Um, debating whether the American dream has been achieved at the expense of American African Americans. It comes okay. as a great shock. And so uh, I American America has really been in my spirit. These past couple of days in the midst of everything. 
and I'm reading, I'm researching, and um, uh, I really like, I'm, I didn't had enough, you guys, I really have, I've been, um, like I said, I gave my life to Jesus, you know, to the, to this thought of Jesus, and, and the, the church in 1979 when I was a little girl, and I really know I had an encounter with God. With that encounter and with the things that God have been speaking to me about and dealing with me about, I'm not seeing it in the local church, meaning I'm not seeing it amongst the people. Everything is like a cliche, you know. Uh, I'm looking at the hearts of people. What I mean by the hearts, your actions, how you treat people, how you talk to people, how you valuing the person that's sitting next to you and you say you love God. I never did understand that scripture, you guys, when it, when, when it says, um, not only love thy neighbor as thyself, but um, that passage that says, how do they know if you are of of God, except they see the love that you have for one another. Not just showboating, not just doing community events so you can get your logo on somebody's poster or banner. Not to be recognized as part of a community leaders, right? And it, I mean, everybody's doing that now. Everybody's doing that now. But are we really, really making a difference in our communities? Because it's just a one-time event. Okay, we get some food, feed the hom- homeless, and go to the next community. Feed the homeless, give them some clothes. Feed the homeless, give them some clothes. Feed the homeless, go give them some clothes. Feed the homeless, let's go give them some clothes. It's the same thing, y'all, and I'm sick of it. What are we doing as a community? To help build up the community. You see what I'm saying? I just don't want to feed you some hot dogs and chips and give you a cold drink and a bag of clothes. Maybe some deodorant toothbrush, some soap, and some toiletries. I want you to learn how to start your own business. I want to teach you how to earn your money. To be an owner. See, and I, I understand why the attack is so hard for Dr. D. I'm starting to realize I'm up 3 o'clock in the morning trying to see, okay, Lord, you want me to do this here. You know, I'm I'm I'm, I'm going out telling people, look, this is what I'm doing. Come on in. Man, people, people don't want no help. I'm 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 going out to the job fair and going over here to the to the to the work source giving out flyers. Look, I have a workshop on Saturdays. I'm gonna teach you how to structure your hustle where you don't even need no money. I'm gonna show you how to do it. Man, they don't want that. They don't want that. But they'll hustle up five, six hundred dollars to go sit on the uh uh, 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 another group, and they're just taking your money. They don't care about you. Then you got to pay another thousand something dollars to buy their system to teach you how to be a business person. Man, please go kick rocks 
And I'm talking about folks in the church. So, you know, yeah, it's bothering me. And I know if it's bothering me, it's bothering God. He's stirring me up. I don't know what he's doing with me, y'all. But it's a whole different ball game with Dr. D. And I'm going to do it. With God's strength behind me, he told me to do it. He told me to get up. You have access, find another way. That means he's already have the way. I got to search the mat out. Say kings, search the mat out. Well, I'm a queen, so I'm going to search it out. But I tell you what, I'm not falling to this trap. Sorry, ain't nobody get no more of God's money from me. It's going straight in Urban Management Group and Redeemed by the Blood Ministry. We're going to make it happen. I'm going to make sure, one person at a time, I want that person to thrive. Then we can go and get some food, some clothes, and some toilet paper, and some toothbrush. You know what I'm saying? And then, it may not even be the point. To even do some of the stuff that I'm thinking about. Because it's still systematic. And I'm seeing, I'm starting to understand now. That's what it is. Our alliance. have to come together and have an alliance govern ourselves let the let the money our resources trickle within our community so we can build and preserve our children preserve their lives preserve their minds The mindset. Like the young lady. I'm asking her how she doing. How your family doing. You so worrying about an iPhone. Baby you working at McDonald's. Well look. when you Look I have another workshop coming up on Saturday. You off. Oh yeah I'm off. I said well you need to come over and, and come to the workshop. I'm a, we teach people how to start their business. Or. Uh, we teach you to find something that you like to do and make it a business. Nah, see y'all, they don't want they don't want to learn about that. You learn about an iPhone. I'm gonna be the first at something. I know it. <laughs> I don't know what it is yet, but. I know I'm kind of radical sometimes. That's just from my heart. I'm just tired of seeing people being being manipulated and lied to. I guess because I've been, I'm tired of being manipulated. I'm tired of being lied to. I'm tired of dedicating my life to others. And who's dedicating their life to me? Absolutely no one. 
never make someone a priority when all you are to them is an option. Because as soon as somebody else come along, you hey, you ain't you ain't you you not a you not an option anymore. <laughs> you not even an option no more. <laughs> For you never was a priority because they show you how they treat you. But the option, he comes somebody else along. So now they the they they the option. You see, they the option, and people show you who they are. Believe them, and I I'm starting to believe. God said, "Believe when all things are possible." I'm starting to really believe. I really believe now. <laughs> There's no greater agony than bearing an untold story inside of you, Maya Angelou. I have many untold stories inside of me, and I'm going to tell it on a mountain. Some may not like it, but it's my truth. It's my experience. And I'm not going to lie about it because I'm not going to keep a lie, have a lie, live a lie, tell a lie. Use a lie to prevent me. Well, first of all, to make myself look good, but to prevent me to enter into that heavenly realm because liars will not enter in. See, see church, church, church folks won't preach that word. But let's go down to let's go back there in Revelation when it was saying no liars, homongers, anybody that's following Satan himself, you ain't entering in either. Hey, you know, matter of fact, God puts a lying spirit on people because they don't want to check themselves. People don't believe that, but they need to get in that word. I was listening to um, a, a master teacher, and uh, he was saying how people deceive themselves and they really think they're right until truth hit them in their face. And when truth hit them in their face and they can't find fault, they'll manipulate an error and blow it out of promotion just to try to make you look like you ain't got your stuff together. Look what you did. I said, ooh. I said, you hit that one, brother. That happened to me. Couldn't find no fault. Couldn't do, just couldn't find nothing and created a situation to have something to say, yeah, I'm done with her because look what she did. She put somebody's password in their email address and texted to me. See, that ain't right. That ain't right. She ain't right. She ain't. Okay, wow, really? Because that's what we doing now. They got companies tell you to take a picture and send them your documents. You can text it. You can email it. So I'm trying to see what was the problem with that. Only thing you got to do is take the information down and delete it. But you made a big old stink about it. What was up with that? Why that that one little thing just really just teed you off to the point where I'm done with you. I'm going to punch you in your face. You're going to get out of here. You are not welcome here anymore. You know, wow, that's, that, that's, that's the wrong spirit. Sound like a demon to me. That's the devil. You ain't, you ain't no man of God. The devil in you now. You see what I'm saying, y'all?
So just like this brother here, the advocate, and today is my my brother's birthday. Today will be the day we start dressing alike. Because we'll be 52 years old together. We'll be twins. We was uh, 15 months apart. <laughs> Michael Edward Irvin was my brother. Master sharpshooter. He was a sharpshooter for the Army Corps. Um, he was medical discharge, a hundred percent. He died a month before his birthday. Well, two months. Yeah, a month before his birthday. After I told him not to go, I just, I'm like, why is you leaving out the house? You don't even have no reason to leave out the house. My daughter had just gotten a new bicycle, and I wouldn't let him use my car. I said, you're not taking my car out of here, bro. I don't know where you're about to go, but it don't feel right. You need to stay inside. Oh, sis, you always worrying about me. Sis, I'm all right. It's going to be all right. I'm going out here. I'm going... I'm going to check out something. I'll be back. You know, I got to leave. He was leaving that weekend to to um, master his music. He had just completed his whole album, jazz album, which I'm very disturbed about. Because my mama gave it to his daughter, and his daughter's so doggone clueless. You know, music tracks that I wanted to use in memory of him. I was going to read my poetry. Matter of fact, his sister's poetry would have been awesome to read over those tracks. But it is what it was. A change got to take place, y'all. And we got these hurricanes coming up again. I think I think the spirit of our ancestors watch every year to warn us. Need to change your ways, America. You're trying to divide the country so I know how to bring the country back together. Well, here we go, boys. Send that spirit of hurricane to towards America. And that's what happens. And what and what happens? Hurricane come, guess what? Everybody gotta unite again. You see what's happening? Ain't worrying about no white, black, Indian and all that. Hey, I'm drowning, I need some help. All nationalities are there and united for that time. And it's so ironic after everything calms down. We go back to our same stinky ways. Wow. You just don't get it. America, you just don't get it. Can't you see what's happening? Can't you see the spiritual thing behind this thing? I see it, y'all. 
I see it. I don't know what you may think of me, but I see it. My eyes have been opened. My senses have been enlightened. And I ain't got to go sit and do no who do, who do, and all that. God himself is opening up my eyes. The more I deal with myself, the more I acknowledge to get all this old mind brainwashing out of me and the things the enemy threw at me, I capture them, I see it. I say, oh, so now you're bringing this up. Okay, I see you. I see you. Mm. Why are you fighting me so hard trying to bombard my thoughts with old stuff that's dead and gone? He trying to keep us back, y'all. He don't want us to move forward. But too late for this, sister. I'm already gone. I'm already gone. That's all I have to say about that on America. Wake up, America. Make up. Wake up, church folks. What you going to church for? You're going to church for every Sunday you're going to church. What are you, what, what's changing in your life? What's changing? Is your attitude changing? Is your heart changing? What's changing? Are you just getting, 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 working, working, working so you can have more money to do this and buy this and buy that? All that stuff, that ain't important. Not important, man. I don't care what they're talking about. You got to have this to look good and look rich. Okay, yeah, keep on trying to look rich. Be rich in your mind. Be rich in your attitude. Be rich towards people. Be genuinely rich in your attitude and your behavior and your morals, your values. Be rich in that. That's that's all that's going to count at the end of the day. That's all that's going to count, y'all. That's what's going to matter. All this other stuff, that ain't going to matter, y'all. Wake up. Podcasters, let's wake up. Don't get on here. Don't get on here and, and, and try to motivate somebody when you can't motivate yourself. Don't 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 get on these internet airways just just trying to do something. Be something. Don't just speak it. Be it. Cause I'm I'm who? I'm being it. I'm enjoying it. Some of it hurts. But it's all good. Cause I'm gonna come with it. I'm gonna make a difference. My life itself going to make a difference. I'm going to make a difference. I don't care who like it. Dr. D going to make a difference. You going to remember my name. Danielle Irvin. I don't know what's going to happen. But my name going to be in the books. 
whoever want to change, come on. Let's change together. Let's build together. Let's work together. Spiritual alliance together to make a difference in your community.